0: hard work, gun-toting cats atop flame-nostriled unicorns. This is Carbon 4 Brewing in Madison, Wisconsin. Come along and hang out with the guys behind the Fantasy Factory curtain. Be exposed to those backroom, unfiltered meetings where the beer geekery is on point and beer trends are dissected. We're here with part two of the Carbon 4 podcast, an unhinged brewery tour, featuring special guest Chris Murphy. And Chris is a man of many talents, which you will get a bit of a glimpse into here. We've got Ryan and Zach Koga and Joe Waltz, along with Chris Murphy, and I'm your producer, Jonathan Eckleberg. Chris, you should write a book called Life on a Ladder, man. You,
1: you always seem to have great stories from all these jobs like fire system installation and whatever like been in all these buildings and these seen all these things like what's one of your favorite stories and whether it's brewery or not and what was like one of the worst jobs you've had to be on oh. besides all the ones here
2: Worst job would have to be um I was doing a hockey stadium in Vermont in Middlebury Vermont and um we were we were in Vermont for about 9 months it was Something where I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I, I can probably, be an electrician I probably either.
3: skated at that stadium. I I spent 10 months working at Otter Creek.
2: Oh, well, there you and go. And played yeah. a random hockey game there once. Otter Creek was about the only good beer that was there. <laughs> um, what is it? Magic Five? Forget that oh, stuff. Oh, Magic Hat. Oh, uh, Magic yeah, Hat. They're cup. up in Burlington. Yeah. I, but the thing was, it's like, so we're at this place. It was – how do I put this? <laughs> All right, so the porta potties were so disgusting that I would hold it in and find a service station on the way home. No, oh, gross. I mean, when people are like writing in shit on the walls and they're they're also misspelling it at the same time. Uh, it's like there was uh, there were
3: at least at the truck or bathroom it's not misspelled.
2: No, no, exactly. It's like there were fist fights in the parking lots in between the masons and stuff. It was just uh, just the most hey, horrible.
1: Facetious is hard to spell sober, but <laughs> and with a number two pencil, not a number poo pencil.
2: Well, it is really num- number it two. Really at number that two. Point. <laughs> it was a number two
1: pencil. So anyway, oh, I got their little ladies fast. Right.
2: Late. So the uh, I mean, some of the best jobs that I had were uh, Children's Museum here in Madison. By far, it was like you had a hundred. Um, 100 uh, artists working together it's just it was an amazing environment it's a really really cool place if you haven't been there you definitely should go and they're actually going to be hosting the um the world uh children's museum association thing next may oh, so cool. they're going to be here there's going to be a lot of very talented
1: people. yeah right before we hit record here we were just going into a children's museum thing and i was like oh hang on let's talk more about that because i've i've t- brought my kids there many times and we're due for another visit. But yeah, a lot of the cool little electronic things. I'll probably be working
2: know. there this year just because cool. uh, Brenda Baker approached me about that. But I mean, people right now are over there looking and going like, "What? what's blooming right now? We need to know this for next year because we're going to totally like put on the show. And their Wonderground they have out back, I guess, right now they're starting to have like free music there or I'm not sure if it's free it was free for us today but it's or you know on Friday but it's a really great place definitely worth checking out it was it was a fantastic job and I did that for about a year
1: you always told me how you did, like uh well bomb proof it cuz kids destroy everything like my kids destroy everything but that probably has a lot of parallels to building stuff in a brewery too <laughs>
2: No, you have no idea. I mean, well, you have kids, so you've seen oh, yeah, it's like how the run. hell could you do this? Yeah. I mean, what the hell you know possessed you? And it's like, yeah, don't don't even bother with that. But a friend of mine came out and he volunteered like a week. He was also from art school here, and he's coming back to go see his family in Door County, and he does um he does exhibits and stuff out in in Los Angeles and been doing it for like, you know, 15 20 years. So he volunteered for a week and he came through looking at our stuff and he said, Yeah, that's not going to work. And I said, Well, what are you talking about? You know, it's three eighths inch steel, you know, steel rod here. And he's like, Yep, not even close. You know, you oh. have to have nothing under half inch because those little bastards will fucking break. It. <laughs> they totally did. The yeah. first, the, I mean, we worked our asses off to get this all together. And then, of course, a week before it, there's a fire there. And I got that phone call in the morning of like, don't go in. There was a fire at the children's museum. So this is a week before we're supposed to open. And I'm like, Oh my God, no. Is it like, is it electrical fire? And they're like, we don't know. So I'd like sit there for one of the weirdest 45 minutes of my life until somebody called back and said, no, it was up on the fourth floor. So I was like, not mine at all. I didn't have anything to do with that. So I mean, the thing is, it's like we got everything together. We got it out there. It was like long nights. And then the kids came in, and within the first week, they had destroyed like 80% of it. <laughs> We'd yeah. see the climbers, and it's like the parents would be in there on their phones, checked out. The kids are climbing up on the outside of the climber. They were up there. It's like, oh, no, my God, we've got to come back in here and spend another like really intense time to just childproof the place because yeah. – it was the beta testing, and, oh, it was amazing how destructive – I've never seen anything as destructive as that. Drunken frat boys are gentler than five-year-olds.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. It's like <laughs> you might as well watch like a Vin Diesel, like Pitch Black or something, where the aliens come through and are like – Like tearing shit apart. Like, that's it. Right. Yeah, and that's my house.
2: Often the parents were just sitting there watching because it's like, at least they're not
1: beating on my house.
3: Yeah, Tom, Tom Waits' <laughs> take on being a parent is like <laughs> corralling little drunks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, man. That's why I pay the admissions fee when we get there. I'm like, I, I paid a ticket for this. Let's go.
3: Speaking of, Break your how wants get more beer?
1: Yeah. So tell us about your, um, so we, we could spend more time on that too, but another thing I wanted to kind of touch on for a bit too, is you said, you know, sculpture and art school and everything else. And one of my favorite things I'm blown away by is like the different portraits you do and the sculptures you make out of electrical components. And I think the first time you showed it to me, I'd never even fathomed anything like it. And now I think it's like my favorite form of art where you're like recycling things and it's just in a whole new way.
2: It Well, okay. Again, you know, since my dad, was doing all this stuff, this stuff was always around. There was always resistors, capacitors, um, you know, integrated circuits, that sort of thing. Those were like literally laying around the house. So I was very, very familiar with them. I started doing amplifier repair for a hot minute there until I realized that depending upon musicians to get paid is probably not a good (laughs) business model. Um, And then – i I had to come up with a way I had started working with them kind of like just I wanted to start first by having them do something so anytime i'd make I'd build a circuit that was doing something, I would expose it I wanted it to be as aesthetic as part of the piece it had to be something that you could actually look at but I started realizing that takes a hell of a lot of work and probably outside of my realm of real expertise because I don't do a lot of electronics. I can do small stuff, but when it comes down to actually really understanding how to do circuits and to build things like that, that takes a discipline that I don't really have. And also the time that it takes for that. I can still do it on a very small right. scale, but I started realizing that in a lot of ways, these things were devices that had they changed our lives they changed everything um everything that we have here what we're talking over right now uh the computer right there the laptops the the four four channel mixer over there i mean all of that stuff wouldn't be able to exist without electronics themselves and nobody knows anything about this one of the people who actually created the transistor one of the people who only – I mean, he got – he's the only person to ever get two Nobel Prizes in physics came from Madison, Wisconsin. His parents taught at the UW and his name's John Bardeen. And you show a photograph of him, nobody knows who the hell he is because he, he looks like your Uncle Fred. You know, he's just a Midwestern dude, you know, a middle-aged guy. But he was, again, smarter than anybody in any room he ever walked into in his life and he was a great guy. He was, you know, he came up with these ideas. The first Nobel prize he got was for creating the transistor and the transistor supplanted the electron tube, which is basic form of amplification. So you can take a small amount of power to control a large amount of power, which is kind of the game when you're working with power. It's like, if you can do something where you can have a real small control amount to modulate much larger areas, you can just keep going until you have things that are like motors the size of your house, right? Having a switch to where you would pull all that power going at the same time, well, that's kind of problematic. But if you can amplify it bit by bit, then you have control over that. So what he did is came up with a way that you didn't have any moving parts. It was just using semiconductors and electrons. That was the start of the computer age right there. And computer age has pushed pushed us into being able to understand the genome. You know, you could not have figured out the genome sequences um, without having computers. And now what that's done is that's pushed us for better or worse into bioengineering, which is like electricity, it's going to change everything. And we're already in it. But that being said, it's like the thing that I was kind of going with is like there's these people out there who have made great changes in our lives. They're they're inventors who have done amazing things and nobody knows who the hell they are because we don't know the magic that goes into this. Most people don't. You know, that's – so, I was trying to do something that would actually bring some, some sort of attention on these people. And I had made a series of mosaics called Rendered Obsolete because – It's like all of these things, they still exist, but they're so sub microscopic now that they are, they don't look like, like these things at all. You know, it's like the size of a motor back when we were first making quarter horse motors. You know, it's like the size of a barrel. Now they're tiny to the point that you can't hardly see them. And this is technology. That's how it works. So I've got a whole bunch of those that I've been. Been doing over the years. People like John Bardeen, Robert Schrieffer, Hedy Lamar, who again, like not only was brilliant, um, but she invented uh, frequency hopping, which is what our cell phones use. We wouldn't be able to have cell phones without that. She made them for torpedoes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because she was a woman, I think, and because – also because she was Austrian, the, you know, uh, security services back in the Second World War were a little less than uh, receptive to it. But the technology remains. Also, side, uh, she was – Adolf Hitler hated her personally which you have to say is kind of like winning the lottery right there. If somebody that bad takes their time to actually hate you, you know, you're doing something right. You're okay. You're okay. So anyway, so those are the mosaics I've been working on. I I might be having a solo show at the gallery of contemporary mosaics um, down in Chicago. Still working on this one.
3: If Hitler hates
2: you, doesn't that just mean he knows who you are? Well, no, because there were a lot of people he he loved Henry Ford. (laughs) 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 But no, and my understanding is the reason he hated her was because she was also the first, she was an actress and gorgeous and a very good actress, but she's also the first actress to portray a female orgasm on stage, on screen. And so how licentious is that? And Hitler (laughs) was very much a blue nose. So there you go. But I think she wins for like across the board. <laughs> right. Just, all right. Paleo-electronics.com,
1: is paleoelectronics.com that your art website?
2: MyOwnDevices.org. That's my website because I set that up like years ago and, you know, that was what was available. So, but it stays there. Paleoelectronics.net will get you to my electrician page, which is sorely lacking and updating. But there is a link
1: on there to the artwork. That MyOwnDevices.org. Yep. It's nice. Then you actually just made a sculpture for us not too long ago. Indeed, I we did. We made a, a nonsense machine, so we did our packaging line upgrade, which we've talked about on the podcast and stuff before. Um, are on are you responsible for that
3: goddamn bell? I am. Very. Fuck you. <laughs> Better back up the GD before that bell, because that's my idea,
1: Joe. yeah we we so we had a very manual everything's been super manual here since the beginning and we finally got some automation to our packaging line our depal which is the part that sweeps or you feed the cans or bottles in and then it takes it off the pallet onto the the line our one was was very manual it had a hand crank (laughs) It, it, it was actually built back uh, by lagunitas back in petaluma was and when still trying to find the guy them. who
2: actually might have built, built that
1: yeah so, yeah so and you know it's just plywood and then a bunch of hardware like some uh some, uh, some sprockets some chain hand wheel stuff like that and you know we've all ill sound music for seven years before we did we use it for 10 years so, I I just didn't want to throw the hardware away. I just I thought, you know, can we, let's, we should just make something that just has a hand wheel and maybe it doesn't do anything, but it's just like something, you guys, a sculpture you can hang on the wall and the kids can play with and it just kind of, you know, has, cause there was still a spot of the plywood that had Loganita stencil on it. So, I thought, let's yeah, just capture I lost that. Lost that in the fire, man. Lost that in the fire. Uh. Um, so, as we were doing the project, cause Chris was, was doing the electrical for us. I we salvaged that part and I said, Hey man, can you think you can make this? And I need to sat there. He's like, Yeah, I, I and he started coming with an idea. I was like, Cool, it sounds great.
3: It's actually really cool. Yeah, I, and then you know, my, my, my
1: you're in trouble. Issue, my back. issue
3: with it, I'm backpedaling, back-pedaling. Yeah. it is a cool device, but How's my when I first noticed it was when I was trying to give brewery tours at the anniversary party <laughs> and there were like just you guys were bringing in guests like doing that thing constantly well i'm trying to like explain to people how the packaging line works well, and i'm like what the fuck is that thing we had
1: overlapping <laughs> tours and i was ending over my tour by having everybody walk past it and ring it once and then my kids came in and then it was the shit show <laughs> oh, with the weird. bell ringing it keeps them occupied and it, br- it doesn't break yeah, yeah yep. so it has like this big hand wheel everything i was like chris go do this and then over every couple of weeks, I get another picture, and I get another picture, like on a Friday night or a Saturday night. I'm like, "Oh, he's he's having fun." Like, is this? <laughs> and then it started getting bigger and bigger, and I'm like, "Where are we going with this?" And then you're like, "You need to come see it in person." And I realized it was nine feet tall, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy shit!" But it was it's so cool. Well, so. and again, it's like there
2: was just it was that perfect time because we had the materials hanging around and. It was just like, I, as I was moving around cleaning things at the shop, which was always something that had to happen, I would like, look at it again and go like, okay, I kind of think I know where this is going. I was able to find some of the sprockets and stuff to work on it. And once I started laying it out, I just kind of couldn't stop. It made itself after a certain point. And, um, like all
1: good sculpture does, right?
2: Well, you know, it's always a collaboration with you and the material, you know. It's like you can – Try and make it do what you want to, but just like children, they're going to do their, their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can hit that happy medium, then you're doing all right.
1: But no, it was, it was great fun to do it. I was really. Well, you found that bell, right? It, it's the backup alarm from a fire truck.
2: Yeah, that bell was already there in the shop. And I was, again, cleaning stuff up. And I saw that. And it was just like, oh, that is too beautiful. That is just a wonderful thing. And so I approached Erica about it, and said, so what do you want for that? She looked it up, Googled one and said this how much. And it's like, all right, great. Bought it. And it was right there. But it was right. it was kind of amazing how much stuff was there and that actually I have to say was like the perfect send off for the shop which then got hit by lightning and burned that was like the second to last piece of art I made there so and the first full scale thing where I could just go around. It's like, what? I need to bend some sheet metal. I have the box man break over here, got the shear over here, and weld these things together. Just, oh, this needs to be bored out. I just go over here and put this on the lathe, whatever.
1: If you want to pay a t- uh, tribute to Aaron, that would be a good time
2: to. Yes, Aaron. Um, so when I was at the Children's Museum, I met both uh, Aaron Howard and Erica Koivinen. Um, who are husband wife team and very, we became very fast friends, um, because he was a blacksmith who knows a lot of the other blacksmiths that I know. I know these through people who I've met through the art world and doing electrical work for him. And we just got to be fast friends. And he was, um, he was out in Missoula about 18 months ago, um, putting in a climber. He'd, Stopped doing just like normal blacksmithing and started making like climbers for Children's Museum. He's got so much stuff at the Madison Children's Museum that's just amazing. And I was going through actually showing people this on Friday. But he died of a heart attack um, very suddenly. And um, it just wrecked kind of the community because there were a lot of people who were kind of focused on that shop and that's where he and Erica lived. Erica has made a bunch of things that are around town. There's the two giant birds that are over there on Ingersoll, really whichever one it is. Oh, right um, off the bike
3: path. Yeah. Right yeah, off the bike path. Cool.
2: Well, they're, they're Doc Evermore and she, and he worked with Doc Evermore for, you know, many years. Erica was Doc Evermore's apprentice. And so, a lot of the things you see around, like the butterflies over on Eakin Park and on East Wash, those are hers. The community over on um, on Winnebago – or, excuse me, on um, Williamson, right down there near Bandung, that's theirs. There's a number of things that you keep finding around because they were prolific. They were working as, re- as artists only in town, which is kind of a difficult thing to do. But they pulled it off. And um, so, I had – I had through them come across a um, 1917 power hammer, which of course you have to find and put into a shop because if you put that in your next, you know, in your garage, uh, your neighbors get very upset. Oh. So um, I had spent a lot of time over there and I was helping to repair and had taken over a small part of the shop and was rebuilding a lot of Aaron's um, tools that he had accumulated over a lifetime, basically. And it just, uh, long story short, got struck by lightning on the last day of March, and April Fool's day we came in, and it was burned down to the ground. We were able to save oh, a lot of stuff, but it's like you know what do you do right? My son also pointed out says you know dad your your logo is is a lightning bolt, right? <laughs> <It's> like, yes, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> <laughs> so it's um So, we're basically kind of like trying to pick up from there. Um, Erica's got a GoFundMe because uh, her stuff wasn't insured. There was another artist there named Yarka who also, I mean, she lost 40 years worth of work. All of her stuff was like felting. And all of her everything, all of her documentation, all Mm. that stuff is gone. Oh, man. And again, it's just when you see something like that, I mean, I always thought my my thing is uh, I always thought that I'd be struck by lightning when I passed by a church or something, but not there. It just kind of really literally came out of nowhere. So, we're all kind of set back and we're trying to figure out where to go. I luckily have some insurance on my stuff because I was doing material for work there, including sculpture over there yeah so you know it was and i was smart enough to actually when i re my business insurance this year it's just like i gotta cover all my tools so that was part of it so i've got some recourse they don't and again there's
1: gofundme that's
2: out there i don't know where it's out right now
1: well aaron even helped uh make the uh the head the head bell for uh um for jeff
2: over at a Wallen, yeah, yeah
1: yeah for yeah wilden distilling uh he, he got a, a hand handmade hand hammered uh a pot still from portugal jeff did and uh, i remember receiving that here at k4 uh way back when Beautiful. and then and then aaron came in yeah and like had to make a huge transition piece for Jeff. Yeah. You uh, made Jeff the gooseneck for
2: it. Yeah. Which he, he started out with one and it was kind of like, yep, yeah, this isn't going the way I wanted to. So he turned around and came back. I mean, the man was, he was really super talented and really a hard worker. I mean, that was the thing you could see him when he would like start working on, on a piece and it was, you could just see it was in his mind. And then he just, he used hammers like, like, like they were paintbrushes. It was delicacy. It was very, very cool. So I miss the man cr- it's incredibly, awesome. but you know I was really yeah. lucky to even know him. So right, you know, and we'll find some way through. Eric, Aaron, uh, Erica has already said, you know, this isn't going to stop me. Just you know, have to figure somewhere else to do it. So
1: yeah, because you said it took her it took her a while to come back to the shop. I mean, well, yeah, understandably so. I don't know. Yeah, there's maybe, plenty. Maybe Aaron sent it down to say <laughs> Well that's what Missy move on. That's what Missy
2: was saying. She says, Yeah, Aaron came back to take back his goddamn tools. She's like, <laughs> Fucking Vikings. <laughs> so and I I, I kinda like that idea. But he didn't need to take mine. <laughs> Fucker. Or the or the felt. Vikings take all. So anyway, actually I was going to head over there. I was thinking about doing it today because of course I forgot about this because there's still a few things we can take until the 23rd and then it's all going to just go right into scrap. So we'll go over and take a look and dig around in the dirt for a while.
1: Cool. So you got a couple of international trips coming up. Yes. We have a never ending list of things here at the brewery here and there that we do. <laughs> got always have something happening here for sure.
2: Yeah, well, and there's and then there's the long-term maintenance stuff that we have around here that's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. We need to look at that and think about what we're going to do on it.
1: So, yeah, either we're rebuilding this whole thing or build a new building. <laughs> you
2: have actually redone pretty much everything that was left. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. Except for like the main panels. You you guys did all the control panels, you did all of the glycol, you know, you upsize the glycol, you put the more boiler. Ta- yeah, you put the boiler, you put more tanks in it, you put the chiller up on the roof, all of that stuff. So it's like, it's it's not even Theseus' ship anymore. It's kind of like turned into <laughs> something else. <laughs>
1: Theseus' dinghy turned into a cruise line. <laughs>
2: Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of like, where's the swim? A little
3: bit of a tangent here, but have you guys ever read the S book that was kind of based on Theseus' ship? No, no. I think J.J. J. Abrams was involved in it. I don't know if he was like an author or, or what his role was in it, but the book's just called S. And it's cool. It's like a correspondence between like a student and her professor, I think, in the middle of the book. So this book has like all these pieces of paper just loosely in it that like you come across as you go through the book. Yeah, it's it's wow. interesting.
1: I have an interactive check that movie out. almost. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that that didn't break the that, flow. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> uh, worst, uh, best, best band that no one's ever heard of.
2: I would have said Sparks. National but and then local. I would have said Sparks, but then they just had that movie this that last year. That documentary, yeah. Oh, they're, I've been listening to those guys since the <laughs> 70s. It's like, they're so damn weird, but they're really, really good. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Feelies are one that I've really been enjoying recently, but I'm not the person to ask about that. That's mm-hmm. like Bill Sievert, Bill the Walking Doctor. That man is kind of encyclopedic when it comes down to that sort of stuff. Um, local bands. Let me see. Um, well, Blue Herons just got back together. So definitely worth checking out. And again, Bill Siebert, um, and, uh, John Saris and a couple other folks there. I mean, and Boyce, uh, boys from the apologist what's his last name i'll forget i'll, I'll remember it at some point they're they're a lot of fun but there's there are bands that are popping up all the time and that's again one of the things i love about this town is that we there's all these really super talented people on it and we're crammed together in a small spot so you know was it two degrees of separation on a good day yeah. um and that's that's been a lot of fun um let me see. I was, I was going somewhere with all this, but, uh, at some point we're probably going to be having another party at the children's museum, hopefully this year. And yeah. I, I'm already thinking about the lineup that I want something to do. Something to do is band. It's a ska band that's out of Milwaukee and Madison and they are a lot of fun. If you, cool. if you are not watching those folks, you definitely need to. They're, they're excellent. Nathan Treadnick, and I'm trying to remember Jesse, the the uh, horn player's name. She's about that tall, yeah. and that woman is peripatetic. Man, she will not stop. It's just you cannot help but have a good time watching that band. So, awesome. Yeah, you know, those are the ones I'd say
1: right off the bat. Best movie, no one's heard of.
2: Dust well, boat. Dust boat's always good. I I'm a big fan of um of Jacob's Ladder. It was big back in the eighties. Uh, it's got Tim Robinson. This is the only movie that I can see Macaulay Culkin in, but he was like a kid, just yeah. a baby at that point. It's really, really good. Um, it was done by Adrian Lin, Um, and it's very, very metaphysical. It's kind of a horror movie, but not. It's, it's. I think it's a really wonderful movie. The other one that I still is one of my favorite to watch, Metwan, Metwan by John Sales. Um, it's got Chris Cooper in it. It's got, um, David Strathern, Mary McDonnell. Definitely. It's about the coal, uh, the coal wars in West Virginia. It's just wonderful. Oh, it's got James Earl Jones in there. And a woman who I used to go out with here in town, she was the, um, she was a PA. She was a production assistant on that. And her job was to handle, um, James Earl Jones, because he was a real lech. So it was kind of like you had to keep him away from all the young women. And her other thing too was that it was John Sayles uh, who did the film. So he was just like done on credit cards. He had like no money at all. And the Screen Actors Guild actually, or the the Teamsters, were going to come out and picket it because it wasn't a union shop. And it's all union history. It it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. So she had to actually go out and talk to these people and say, guys, you, you gotta understand We couldn't do this because we don't have the money, right? We're like kind of financing this ourselves, but it's union history. So you really shouldn't screw up screw around with this. And to their credit, they listened and they looked and it's an absolutely fantastic movie. It's always on my top 10. How's this film? Maitwan, M-A-T-E-W-A-N. It's from Matewan, West Virginia. Hmm. Um, it's a beautiful, beautifully shot, really, really richly acted, and the writing is fantastic on it. So,
1: favorite beer and favorite go-to beer? Oh, jeez! Um, it doesn't have to be K4. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, like you know me, like I, I really just want you on it. Like
2: these yeah. days, I have to say, I've been drinking a lot of Happy Place. Um, just because it's a really good, easy drinking beer. And again, it's client brewery. Those guys do really, really wonderful stuff. Their upward spiral isn't bad either. Three sheeps. I've been really pretty, um, pretty happy with. Um, and I just had velvet hammer last night. And again, it's kind of like, you can't really beat velvet hammer. It's just, it's good drink and buck. Um, but again, you know, um, Carbon Four Fantasy Factory is kind of my always my go to, so it's like that has been just you guys have put a lot of pounds on me. So (laughs) you're welcome, (laughs) right? I blame you. (laughs) At least we're not paying you in Pizza Pit. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple of really cool things that I've been seeing that are going to be popping up. I'm, I don't know that they're necessarily happening yet. So I'm kind of like waiting, but you know, I'm the local art scene. I think is actually going to start kind of really kicking into gear. There's a lot of really talented people here. This last gallery night, I got a chance to go look around. There's some really, really good stuff happening. And I've been in this town before when. When you have people, again, like I said, it's this sort of uh, feeding off each other. Brian Eno calls it seniors. It's like it's not genius. It's not the one person who has these brilliant ideas and they're going to change everything. There's a few of those that are out there. But most of the time, it's like it's people who are really caring about what they're doing that are really good. You know, they're they're really good journeymen, tradesmen, whatever it is that they are doing practitioners and they see each other and go like, wow, that's really cool. I hadn't really thought of it that way. You know, if I were going to do that, I'd put it over here. And then they see that. And it's like, wow, that was that response. It's almost this conversation that goes on. I mean, I've seen this in brewing as yeah. well, but yeah. it's like you get talented people together. They can't help, but like, you know, like workshop ideas. It's really, it's really cool. I kind of yeah. see that happening around here again. So that'll be nice definitely worth worth watching. So awesome. I love it.
1: Well, I, cool. I got Cub Scouts here pretty soon. Yeah, so we got to go get fishing and get that and do that. But I, I don't know if we have guys any other questions or for this round. I, it's just your first time here, Chris. So I, you got so many more. We haven't even scratched <laughs> at the tip of the iceberg. Getting here, me my to friend. talk is not the problem. <laughs> <It's>,
0: <laughs> I was going to say I feel I feel like we could just keep going for another few hours. <laughs> we definitely could. Yeah, sometimes the
1: the the projects turn into late night projects because we're just talking for like an hour in between, and I'm like. <laughs> We
0: should probably actually keep our hands working
1: while we're doing this. In fact, I remember you telling me when you first like learned how to be an electrician when we were replacing all of the control wires on the cask when we had to re-engineer it, and then you and I were there, ten, eleven o'clock at night, rewiring everything, and you're like telling me how, like, like the the guy made you to like it, the connections have to look like this and have to be like this, and oh, like, yeah. I remember just the the is just kind of come out and all the cool stuff man i have been
2: i've been lucky to work with really really excellent electricians um and it's just the other part of it too is that i pay attention to them yeah so it's like not just that they're like you know yakking away but they you know seeing that and realizing again because you know you're young and stupid and if you see people who are actually doing good things and they care enough to not like just yell at you Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the time. Um, sometimes it's needed, but you know, to actually get you to understand, it's like, oh wow, you know, if I spend a little bit of time doing this, it's gonna make a whole big difference down the way. And then the other part of it too is like just presentation. I've seen inspectors walk in and they'll just take one look at, you know, panels and they'll just go, yeah, no, this guy knows what he's doing. I don't even have to look. Yeah, I got other places that are going to be problems you know so
1: it's it's that's the second we're talking about like interviewing people for being our like brewery foreman like warehouse and brewery foreman and i was like just send us a picture of your workbench in your garage <laughs> if i wouldn't pass on that one it was way better than <laughs> right. one in my house then, like you're hired i know you're gonna be okay <laughs> the way i
3: live at home is an escape from my job
2: right? yeah yeah. Right. yeah. we just had uh the art walk and i trans- transformed my garage into like a little. Uh, art gallery just because mm-hmm. it's like i had to do something and it's like well you could take them into your house it's like god no yeah i don't know not at no, all so i have no, nope so yeah but it's uh definitely hardcore at that point
1: cool well thanks for letting us uh for for taking your time here for agreeing we've 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 had to schedule and, and shift it around a couple of times now and I'm I'm really happy that <laughs> it's we had a really chance. good you called me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I'm dude, I'm just so pumped that we got you in to be able to to share just the first part of your story with people. Um you're like again a one of the coolest people I know, Chris. I, I really love our friendship. I love Shucks. I really appreciate you <laughs> having you. You've you've helped us so much over the years here at K four and I I'm like Personally and professionally on just so many levels, man. I, I just it's such a pleasure to know you, and I really appreciate you being willing to sit down and share. It's not some people are kind of quiet and don't want to share. And I think I would. Yeah, I want does, more people that, to know you. I want that more people run to, in my family. Yeah. <laughs> everybody <laughs> I'm <the> quiet one. <laughs> everybody oh, needs a Murph in their life, <laughs> and 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 I'm pumped that you're mine. So right, so thanks, thanks for much. for uh, taking the time and and letting us uh, talk for a little bit. And I look forward to having you on again. Well,
2: that's wonderful. Now I got to find out whether or not Starkweather's doing okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Cool. We'll shut her down for the day. Yeah, Thanks again cool for listening,
0: guys. Uh, check us out on our social media, and I'll, I'll let John take it away. Thanks for listening to the Carbon Four podcast, an unhinged brewery tour. Visit the tap room here in Madison, Wisconsin. Be sure to mention the K4 podcast to get a BOGO beer deal or visit carbon4.com or whiskopopsoda.com. Enter the promo code unhinged to receive 10% off your purchase and follow Carbon4 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send in your questions, comments for the team. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.